In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's a 90s film. <laughs> That's horror. Don't have a big budget. Don't have a big budget. I swear, one day, this is going to lead off the show. <laughs> and it's going to totally lead off the show. Oh, You're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> yes, it's going to totally lead off the show. Hello, welcome once again to another stop on the show mission. My name is Vincent Williams, Vince All Soul, 1G Town Radio, 8 to 10. And I am joined, of course, by. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, aka The Bat Tribble. And as we begin our spooky, ooky <laughs> horror film month of October, we will spend some time with the 1990 James Bond III film, Death. That's death, folks, not death. Death, D-E-F, by temptation. Mm-hmm. But before we get into all that, we, we thankfully have some feedback. Always thankful for the feedback. So, so what's going on over there, Lynn? Yes, we have some, some emails that uh, we got from people. Uh, Steve Tozen. Okay. The $6 million triple. Yes. He hit us up. Um, he had a... Uh, he hit us up with one joint where he says that, uh, uh, one, come on, man, The Last Dragon wasn't that bad. Right, that's for you. That was for me. That's for you. That's, that's for me. This one's for you. Uh-uh. He says, this is a little bit of an offline question since it's not a movie comment, but Vince. Yes. Why do you say R&B was responsible for the existence of hip-hop? Not the existence but for pushing young people towards hip hop. Okay. I think the R&B of the 80s that Kashif, that Michael Nwarta Walden, that sort of post um Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson where where you got that real they they, they kind of sanded off the soul mm. in R&B. Mm-hmm. You you know, I think if you were young at that time, there was nothing there for you. Like, you know, Patti LaBelle singing Seems Like Another One and, you know, sort of a lot of the Luther, you know, certainly all of the Whitney Houston. It just, it was nothing there for you as a young person. So I always, like, you know, because we were talking about Kashif. Right. And I think Kashif very much produced a lot of that music at the, you know, in this period, you know, very studio driven, um, you you know, it was cost prohibitive to have live bands, Mm -hmm. um, very producer driven, like you listen to it. And, you know, and I always say there is before and after Thriller and to a certain extent before and after Whitney Houston's debut album where people saw the money that they made 
and I want a piece of that. Okay. So, so that means we we gonna have to polish this thing a bit. Okay. Which is you know no no, no disrespect no no you, no you know I, I don't have a problem with it, but I do know that if you were fifteen. 14 16 17 at that moment Mm -hmm. and you wanted that sort of raw energy that young people like from their music Mm -hmm. it wasn't in r&b at that time so i've always theorized that that pushed a lot of people towards hip-hop because in a lot of ways ironically hip-hop was more soulful yeah than r&b music was at that moment. at that moment yes at that moment so that's why well there you go. There you go. Asked and answered, Steve. Uh, we got another email. This is from uh, Joseph Lechuga. Okay. Joseph. Who says that, uh, good evening, Michelle Missionaries. Hey. November is going to be an interesting month. What with the viewing of Vince's choice and all that. Yes. I do have to correct Vince, though. Uh-oh. If that is the film that you are going to do. The name of the film is Tyler Perry's Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, a Tyler Perry film. Just calling it Tyler Perry's Temptation, a Tyler Perry film, fails to give it the broad banner of melodrama (laughs) that it truly requires. Absolutely. You are correct. I always drop the marriage counselor part because I just like that Tyler Perry on both ends. Yeah, because one of the things like I don't know if you remember when it was out like they had the man who talked like this doing the ads because this was Tyler Perry's yes serious film mm-hmm. so but you are right um, if I were to put in a, re- a request for November okay I would ask for do the right thing Psh, good luck with that bro Alas, <laughs> the moratorium on Spike Lee yeah. will keep that from happening. Yeah, and do the do the right thing. That's that's a temple yeah. episode. That's that's a, that's a temple episode. I'm eagerly awaiting when you guys do Shaft in light of Cotton Comes to Harlem. If you haven't read any of David Walker's Shaft comics, oh. then you should fix that situation. Oh. I'd almost believe that Walker has some unviewed Shaft films that he just did comic adaptations for. That's how good they are. Keep up the great work. Uh, Joseph Lechuga, and we've talked about the David Walker Shaft series, right? Not, not. To Have you read it? Great extent. I haven't read it because I want to buy it and trade. And every time I go to it, buy it, it's, it's sold, sold out. out. Yeah, it's 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 real good. Yeah, Randy, the Super Trouble. It is. Me. It is. It is an amazing series. David Brothers is is doing work. Yeah, I really want. I want. I want to check it out. Yeah, I, I do want to get it. Um, speaking of David Walker, the writer. Of that series. Yes. Um, I have begun the exploration of getting David Walker to do the Michelle mission f- with us when we do Shaft. Oh, that I was. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. <sighs> Here's the crazy thing, because like I look a gift horse in the mouth mm-hmm. and then I slap the horse. Mm hmm. I think it might be more interesting if he did Shaft's big score with us. Why? Because I think a a I think Shaft's big score is is much less critiqued. True. Also, I feel like the aspect of Shaft that I enjoy the most, and from reading David Brothers' series, it seems like he 
David Walker. I'm sorry, David Walker. I'm thinking about the other comic guy, David Brother. Yeah, but David Walker um likes exploring is Shaft's world. Okay. I think Shaft's big score, you get more of a you sense. You get more of a view of that. Of yeah. Shaft's, yeah. You, you know, life. But Okay. You know, but if, if he wants then we'll, then, then we'll shift it over to that. But if he wants yeah. to do Shaft, well, I've we just do begun Shaft. the exploration. Okay. All right. All right. So all right we'll right, see. We'll see right, what happens. All right. We'll see. We'll see if we can can make that. You happen. notice I didn't say I wanted him to do Shaft in Africa. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't even think Richard Roundtree wants to do <laughs> Shaft in Africa. Um. Uh. So we're definitely going to try and get David Walker onto the show. Okay. Um. We're also going to try and get Omar Dar- Dorsey. I'm going to uh, absolutely be out to him. However, I felt, and I know that you agree with me, Vince, that after we were able to do a great show when we reviewed Clockers with Dorian Missick. Yes. Um, who can be seen uh, weekly on TNT's Animal Kingdom. Yes. After doing that, I felt that it was only right that the next celebrity that we have on our show would be Simone Missick. Doubt, doubt, hey. Simone Missick, who can be seen now... <sighs> Please, I, I, I assume I assume the Venn diagram of people who have who are muscling through Luke Cage mm-hmm. and the people who like the Michelle mission. I assume that that overlap is so much. It's not even a diagram. Yeah, it's just one circle on top of another circle. How about that? So because so- she is Misty Knight. She is Misty Knight. She is doing mad work as Simone Missick as Misty Knight in Netflix Luke Cage, yes. uh, which is streaming now. Um, you can check it out the whole Have th- you watched the whole thing? Years. I've watched the entire Okay, I'm, I'm only up to like episode seven. Only episode seven? So, so no spoilers. Uh, no spoilers, but it's, 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 she's doing work. Yeah. She's doing work. Oh, yeah. I have been in con- contact with Simone. Okay. Simone is in. November first, okay. so coming out of our Halloween, oh. all of our our month of Halloween shows. I did not know it had progressed this far. On November first, okay, we will be sitting sitting down with Simone Missick. She hasn't chosen her movie yet. All right, but we've got the date, and Simone Missick. Well, will that is be just fantastic. Next. I know that is know. just fantastic. It is only it's only it's only right because like like Dorian is like he's Mister Michelle now. Yes, yes, you know he's Mr. Michelle, so it's only right that Mrs. Michelle be our next guest. Well, that's fantastic because Missy Knight, she's she is killing it on Luke Cage. Let me ask you: Did you have this feeling when you're watching um, Luke Cage? Yes, and you're seeing Missy Knight run around and do her thing, and and everybody's going on like everybody's going off on Twitter like you know oh she is killing it she's yes. killing it do you have like a wee bit of like like take a like a wee bit of ownership in that because like we kind of indirectly are friends with her I don't know I do I, I don't I do I do <laughs> I do I feel like every time somebody is like like the blurred girl uh, I, who I chat with on, on Twitter a lot. She, she'll be like, "Oh, Simone, Simone is killing it." I just, I just want to tweet like, "I know her." Right, 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 right. That's my girl. Right, 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 right. One degree of separation. That's one degree. And one degree. Exactly. So exactly. And when you consider, and when you consider that they are actually married. Yes. And 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 
and seem like a, like a perfect couple, you know, full fleshed in love. I'm always happy when good things happen to good people. I don't. I don't even think it's one degree. I think. I. I think she. She's our dude. Oh well. All right. <laughs> don't get your feelings hurt. <laughs> I know. I know. She's gonna make Len who exactly exactly. <laughs> But that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, we're looking, we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, also, so that's going to be coming out of our month long Halloween horror extravaganza. Let me right. tell you what we've got in store for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be reviewing Death by Temptation tonight. Then we're also going to be reviewing this month Ganja and Hess. Ganja and Hess. As well as the original version, the, not not Spike Lee's remake. Did he do a remake? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It was that. out for like seven minutes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes, we're reviewing the original Ganja and Hess, as well as Tales from the Hood. Tales from the Hood, and we're going a to companion be, piece to Death by Temptation. Really, we're going to be reviewing that with uh, Ashley of the Graveyard Shift Sisters. Okay, nice. So we're going to be review, reviewing that with her. We're also going to be doing. Another movie, a movie that has to be uh, selected. We're going to be reviewing a movie with Cinemosity. Okay. That's another podcast here in Philadelphia. So we're going to do a a movie with them. And And there's more. And there's more because I am a a glutton for punishment and I like torturing Vince. (laughs) Um, there's, (laughs) There's another movie. There's another movie that we're going to be reviewing, um, which is from the 30s. It's a real old horror. Wow. Like zombie black movie that I'll give you. I'll give you the title of um, next week. Okay. But I just want your whistle on that. All right. And. And there's more. And there's more. On October 28th. Yes. At Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, the world famous Amalgam world Comics famous Coffee, Coffee House here in Philadelphia, the Michelle Mission will be doing their first live event. It'll be our very first live event when we will do a live podcast and free movie screening. Yes, of the infamous Abby, the Black Exorcist, story of a woman possessed. <laughs> That's going to be good stuff. That is going to be insane. Yeah. Tom Laporta and his whole uh, Don't Touch My Coffin uh, crew, they're going to come down. Graveyard Shift Graveyard Shift Sisters are going to be there. Um, the Amalgam Triple, Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics, she will be there. Uh, as well as Summer Willow Fitch, who is a like a world-famous uh, TV personality and mixologist here in Philadelphia. She is concocting an original Abby punch. All I know is that it has rum in it and all the other ingredients I'm not quite sure are legal. All right. But you shouldn't listen to me. I, it's crazy. This is going to be an adults-only affair, so she's going to make an, a punch a punch that is just for adults. All right. Like this is, is going to be insane and it's going to be free. This is a free screening just for you. Our very first live event. So if you're in the Philadelphia area, you need to get down, come get through down here, get down here Friday, October 28th, a live Michelle mission and screening of Abby, the black 
Exorcist. Yes. It's going to be insane. Yes, it is. And now here's a plug that the Black Tribbles want me to make. Okay. Well, I'm a Black Tribble, so I'm making it. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this in time and you're also in the Philadelphia area on Saturday, this I think this is the first time that you're learning about this, Vince. It is. I've learned about so many things. Just listen to you. <laughs> Saturday. You said like three things that I learned about just now. So on Saturday, October 8th at 2 p.m. at Amalgam Commons and Coffee House, our home away from home. Yes. The Black Troubles will be hosting a Luke Cage season one review and talk back. Nice. Inviting everyone. We're just going to, it's going to be town hall meeting. Sweet style. Christmas. We're inviting everyone to come down, power through Luke Cage, and then come down to Amalgam Commons and Coffee House. On this coming Saturday, the eighth at two p.m., and we're going to sit down and we're going to, we're going to get our Luke Cage on. You know what? Ariel should make a drink called coffee for people who aren't really talking about coffee. Like it would be like the Luke Cage Ariel coffee. You've heard that for people who aren't really talking about coffee. Exactly. So we're like going that, to right? make it so. You like that, right? We're going to make it so. There you go. We're going to make it so. See, business. Like sell it. Like call it the it, the, the Luke Cage cup of coffee, but it's like tea. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you haven't checked out Luke Cage yet, check out Luke Cage. You will be all in on that reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll be all in on our reference. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into 1990s Death by Temptation. <laughs> His destiny had been foretold. Its fate had been forewarned. He did not know that something so sweet could be so evil. Now, the fate of mankind hangs in the balance as Kadeem Hardison, TV's Dwayne Wayne. This honey I met the other night was bad. Dash, Superman. And Bill Nunn from Do the Right Thing get busy in the first contemporary horror thriller of its kind. No! James Bond III's Death by Temptation. She's every man's dream and your worst nightmare. She leaves with men and you never see them again. <laughs> that holy water she's gonna start slobbering and farting and gagging i'm on a mission and nobody can't change my style so if you can't get down stay up the trip for a while i don't mean to be cruel no death by temptation a new movie from trauma with new music by ashford and simpson melba moore naji and freddie jackson all right 1990s death by temptation directed written and starring actor James Bond the third mm-hmm. who plays Joel a young seminary student from North Carolina who goes to visit his friend or cousin it's all very unclear to me the relationship his friend, his friend um K mm-hmm. played by Kadeem Hardison of a different world of a different world and of well of a couple of movies because I'll talk about the connection in a moment and he goes to visit him in New York 
And while he big is city of dreams. the big city of dreams, and while he is in New York, he he starts going to a bar with um with the other the other men in the film, and he meets a succubus. And this succubus, played by Cynthia Bond, is going to eat his soul if he doesn't resist her, as she has eaten the souls of several men mm-hmm. in this bar. Uh, Bill Nunn is a character in this. He plays Dougie, who come to find out is a police officer who specializes in cases of the unknown and the supernatural. And finally, rounding out the big players in the film, you have Grandma, played by the great working actress, great character actress, rather, Minnie Gentry. 1990s Death by Temptation. Okay, I want to read for you (laughs) from 1990, a review that ran in the Washington Post of Death by Temptation. Okay. I'm read a couple of excerpts from this review <laughs> by Richard Harrington. Oh boy, fasten your seatbelts, folks. It's June 5th, it's be one of them episodes. <laughs> Genre films are often the last refuge of the hack director. Oh, but once in a while, boy. they can be the spawning ground for a major new talent. Okay. A few years ago, Catherine Bigelow brought new blood to the vampire thriller with Near Dark. And James Bond the third has done the same with Death by Temptation, <laughs> a contemporary black horror film that's light years ahead you of Blackula and Scream an Blackula actual... Scream, which established this genre offshoot in the very early seventies. Now Richard Harrington will go on and and go in on the on the movie. Did he really compare Death by Temptation to, to Near Dark? But he ends here. <laughs> With that Death by Temptation is not a masterwork. Okay. But it's definitely the work of a major director in progress. It's both important and incidental that Bond is black, as are most of the crew and all of the cast. As the Hudlin brothers did in House Party, Bond has taken a tired genre and made it fresh. Better yet, He's given substantial exposure to some very talented people, both in front of and behind the camera, people all too often stereotyped by the white film establishment. (laughs) And that is from Richard Harrington's 1990s review of Death by Temptation. I suspect that's not in his portfolio when he goes in interviews for like jobs and and grants and opportunities. I hope not. (laughs) So I read that. Yes. Because it would be too easy for me to rip into this film. Okay. So I wanted to take a different tack. Okay. All right. By when I found this review. Mm hmm. Because this review is a crime. <laughs> if you read this review yeah you would think that you are watching a film that maybe is one step below Bram Stoker's Dracula I mean near, I don't know near dark is actually my favorite no let the right one in is my favorite vampire movie mm-hmm. but near dark is right behind it it's close near dark is a very yes it good is film. it's a very good film uh, an, an excellent film Death by Temptation is a bad 
movie. It's 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 a tough watch. It's a very bad movie. There are there are very very few redeeming parts of this film, which I'll go into in in a, in a second. No, I'll lead off with it. Okay, good. In 1990, Kadeem Hardison is maybe two, three years into a different world. Yes. Um, A TV series that it was quickly evident that he was one of the better parts of of the show. In both his comedic timing as well in as well as in his soulful acting. Yes. Okay. So when he is cast in this film, he is really the star. He's the name in this film because even though Samuel Jackson has a small part in this film, Samuel right. Jackson is not Samuel Jackson. No, not at all. Not even close. Yeah. Uh, at the time. I think you're right. Kadeem Hardison is very much the biggest star in this film. He's the biggest at star this in moment. this film. Um and he wears his stardom well. Mm-hmm. Because he is definitely the best part of this film. There are scenes where he is um, talking to Joel, played by James, the, the writer and director James Bond III. And those scenes of them just relive, like just just being bulls, yeah, just being friends, yeah, you know, establishing their camaraderie, are easily the best scenes in the movie. They and. They feel like they're the best written, um, but the rest of this film is so poorly written that right, I can't imagine right. that Kadeem Hardison is not, in fact, you know, doing a lot of ad libbing. I, I would. There is there is an improvisational element to their conversation. I thought the exact same thing. Yeah, because he has to be. Because yeah. there's no way that James Bond wrote wrote a dialogue as naturalistic right. as Kadeem Hardison is coming off. And everybody else be just stilted '90s um, slang and and who was it? Right, right. So that's what this film has going for it. Okay, that's that's the plus. That's the plus. All right, now maybe talk about the minuses a bit. Everything else in this film, everything. Everything. There is nothing else good in this movie, including, unfortunately, Bill Nunn. Yeah. Um, but this film, which is, it, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give Richard Harrington from the Post this much. The idea in the 1990s to do a black horror film, mm-hmm. you know, by that point is, you know, uh, it had been a few years removed from Blackula, the Blackula films. Yeah. So uh, it might have been timely to do a horror film and to then do that horror film and try to set it in a more urban development, kind of reworking the whole um, succubus uh, story Mm -hmm. uh, or or tale. Uh, That's an interesting take to, to make. In 1990s, so I'll give James Bond the third for a little bit of originality, that much originality. However, he lets down it, it, it. The movie is let down by his very stilted and poor direction. Yeah, I mean there yeah. is, there are scenes where there are people talking off screen 
that are clearly not mic'd. Clearly, and they're they're having there are whole there are whole conversations where people are just talking to the talking to the camera. Yeah, yeah there's somebody else there. Yeah, just don't, you don't see them. This is the first and last film that he directed. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is, and it, and um, it really is like the last thing of real note that he did. He basically is an ex- executive producer on a couple of other like smaller projects right right um, right where i guess maybe he's using their name or he tricked people into thinking like oh james bond is producing our thing right um but the uh, his direction lets the movie down the writing as i said is very uh the dialogue has absolutely no kind of flow to it at all except when right when they're talking yeah is doing it um the casting um, is not that it's not that good. It's it's actually pretty poor. the The actress who's playing the the succubus named Temptation, Cynthia Bond. Yes. Um. She she's an attractive woman, so she has that going for her. But <laughs> that always helps. Her acting is, I mean, it is really atrocious. Yeah, it is. It is just. It is just downright bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's saying something when you're in a movie with um, Bill Nunn, who I think is just starting to feel his way right around around a script because he. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, I know what he's doing. I know exactly what he's doing. What is he doing? He's Grady. From school days. Okay. He's channeling that that kind of, you know, pick him up. You, you know, that smooth talk that I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe, that, maybe that's what he's doing. Yeah. But, but Bill Nunn is just, uh, he is not, I, I don't know what he's, I don't, I have absolutely like no idea what the, what the brother is doing. It's really, <laughs> it's just really, it's just really a, a, a shame. Uh, and then. You have Samuel Jackson, a very uh, uh, um, early, early, very early, early, yeah, very early career. Even though he's definitely you know an older guy, right, you, right. You, you know the famous story of Samuel Jackson is that he got into it um, at an older age, right. Um, and and he's not bad in what he's doing, but he's barely in the movie, right, right. Uh, so the casting, but the number one casting problem. Is James Bond James third. Bond himself, and it's so weird. It's his because is weird because I have liked him in stuff. What? Did you ever see the fish ship that saved Pittsburgh? Because he's the kid. He's the kid. Because he was a child. He, he was actor. he was a child actor, and I always liked him as a child actor. Yes. And I don't know what happened, but that charisma. That kind of oozes off the screen when you see James Bond the third as a kid is nowhere to be found, and I don't know why. Yeah, it, it, it's not there at all. It is real. It is. It is. It's gone. Um, and I don't remember him. I don't remember him having like charisma in the Fish That Saves Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm a guy that wanted to love the Fish That Saves Pittsburgh. Oh, I love the Fish That Saves Pittsburgh. Oh, I love I mean, I love it. myself some Stocker Channing and Dr. J is one of my heroes. Ever tell you my Fisher Safe Pittsburgh story? What's your fish you want to save it for Fish that Safe Pittsburgh? No, no, no. My dad was supposed to take me to go see Star Wars. Okay. 
and it was getting late. And no, not Star Wars, Star Trek, the motion picture. Okay. And it was getting late. I said, Dad, we need to leave. And he was, you know, messing around, doing what, you know, dad stuff. I don't know, paying. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jacquees Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Bills. And I said, come on, we need to leave. We need to leave. And we got there, and Star Trek was sold out. Mm. And I was so angry at him. And then he said, well, let's go see this movie. And we went and saw The Fish to Save Pittsburgh. And by the time it was over, I wasn't angry at my father anymore. Because I love The Fish to Save Pittsburgh. It's cool. I mean, it's a cute movie. It's not yeah. a great movie, but it's mm-hmm. a cute movie. Um, there is... Uh, wow. I mean, like... I'm watching this. I'm watching this film, and I'm listening to the dialogue. Yes, and I'm listening to I'm listening to Bill Nunn try to pick up every woman in, in, yes. in this in this uh, this club. I understand that this was a lower budget movie. Yes, all right. So I I understand that the right off the bat, and I'm fine with that. Sure, but where you have a lower budget, that's all the more reason to make sure that your story is tight. Yes. And this story with its jumps in times and sto- and and narrative and how scenes just stop in the middle and then you see a nameplate that says the next day. I was about to say the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? It's like, did he mean leave this in here? <laughs> I mean, there's literally a scene where Joel and the Temptation, like her name's Temptation. Yes, really, a little on the nose. There's a scene where Joel and Temptation are having a conversation. Yes, and she asks him a question, and he says, "Well," <laughs> and it cuts to another. Yeah, scene. yeah. And, and I and now I said, "Well," with a space after it. Yeah, the movie literally goes. Well, see. Right, right. Yeah, it's like a smash cut almost. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, again, what Richard Harrington in the Washington Post writes, it is true. This is one of the first times you've seen Bill Nunn, who will go on to be, become a very talented and Absolutely. actor. This is one of uh, Kadeem Hardison's first movie roles. Yeah. And you can see that he... he yeah, and one of his few movie roles, one quite honestly, few, like he didn't make a lot of movies. And I think the shame of it is, is that he was in this. Yeah. Thing. So if you're if you're watching him on a different world, right? And then you see, well, let's see what he can do in a he's, movie. He's like in this School Days, and what was what was Mario Van Peebles' rap movie? Was that rapping? Oh, was that Mario Van Peebles' rap movie where he was rapping Hood? 
Maybe it was. And Kadeem Hardison was one of his merry men. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I didn't see that movie. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a very people's fan. I know this will surprise you, but I love the weirdness of those early hip hop rapping movies. Why do you think that would surprise me? <laughs> I'm joking. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> Why? Um, first of all, <laughs> I knew this movie was doomed. Because I had never seen it. I thought I'd seen right, it. Right, 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 right. pieces over there. Yeah. But I knew this movie was doomed when you're hinging your opening sequence to invite people into your film. Yes. To invite people into what your film's about, the energy that is supposed to be in your film. Yes. And you are hinging it on John Canada Terrell. <sighs> yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. John Canada Terrell, famously from She's Gotta Have It. Yes. Was great in right. She's Gotta Have It. Although maybe more famous from the Hey Love commercial. Maybe. Maybe. An argument could be made that he's, which, he's which, you more know, famous from Hey Love. Which, you know, he references it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, well, he references it because I think it's a writer that he puts into all of his contracts. Right, right. That at some point, it's, it's no, no, you got to get your own. No, no, my brother, you got to get your own. Yes. Now, this is a man, an attractive man. Hey, no doubt about that's it. His, that's his shtick. That is, <laughs> that is his one and only shtick. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, whatever charisma or acting talent he showed and she's gotta have it right it didn't transfer over to no no, no anything it else it, yeah. that i have ever seen the man in you didn't like him in the five heartbeats no wow i like him in the five heartbeats no he's he's not bad in the five heartbeats because yeah. of who he's surrounded right by. right well you know and like, because he has a, a director hey, he's not gonna let him get away he knows his lane when he's in his lane i like him Okay. Well, no, no. When he's being directed, okay. That's because that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. She's yeah. got to have. He's got Spike Lee. Five Heartbeats. He's got Robert Townsend. True. All true. Here, he's All got true. James Bond the third. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and let's let's be let's be honest. Uh, at this time, Samuel Jackson's not Samuel Jackson. Bill Nunn's not Bill Nunn. So it's Kadeem Hardison, Minnie Gentry, maybe Cynthia Bond. And John Canada Terrell yeah. are the names of this movie. Those are the names in the movie. You know, you know what I'm saying? James Bond III, this is his first movie. I've got Jan, John Canada Terrell opening my movie. You go, dude. You do you. There's also Melba Moore as some type of voodoo witch. M- Madam Sonia. Madam Sonia, yeah. Yes, yeah. and there's Freddie Parker. Uh, no, Freddie Jackson. Yeah, Freddie Jackson as himself. As himself. Yes. And making sure that he... he he gets the titles of all of his songs in here. Now, you know, if I was listening to this, those two factories would make me want to see it. Freddie Jackson. Like Melba I said, Moore. Melba Moore as some type of fortune teller, voodoo lady named Madam Sonia. See, I'd say, ticket for one, please. Really? And then Freddie Jackson playing Freddie Jackson, picking up a woman and incorporating the names of his songs yes. into what he says also would have gotten me on board. Mm. Yes. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> as part of a mission, I had to stay on board and uh, continue watching this film. 
I I don't think I have enjoyed excuse me had a worse time watching one of the movies we've had to do. Interesting. So far. And I'm not saying it's necessarily the worst movie that we've reviewed. I had less fun watching Graffiti Bridge. Point. Yeah. You know, everything Point. everything you just said, it's not a good movie. Let's just start there. It's not a good movie. Um, Something I'll be coming back to as we move throughout the month. I'm fascinated by black horror movies because I think, you you know, sort of the, the stereotype, the cliche, the, you know, anecdotal evidence, if you will. Black people don't really play mm-hmm. with this kind, you know, like we going to go in, in, a, in a get a cabin in the woods. We going to get a Ouija board and start trying to talk to some dead people. Yeah. We going to go in a haunted house at two in the morning. Like, you know, the, I, mean, I mean, it's like every hackneyed stand up comedian's joke. Like right. that's not stuff that black people do. Right. So I'm, I'm fascinated by the black horror movie, how how the makers of those films figure out a way to get black people in the movies. And even this Kadeem Hardison's reaction to some of the supernatural elements where he's like, you know, this is some bull. I'm leaving right now. Right. Kind of speaks to that, mm-hmm. you, you know, that that sort of cultural. Again, maybe it's a cliche. Maybe it's a stereotype. that black people don't really play with the devil. So that part, which leads me to what. I thought was interesting about this movie, not good, but interesting is that, you know, it's very much a film that came out in 1990. Because this is a film about AIDS. This is a film about AIDS. And, and, and the temptress is basically the punishment to these men who are immoral. Yeah. Like, it's very much this sort of moralistic thing running through. It's like, you know, as, as you just mentioned, John Canada Terrell. The very first thing we hear him talking about is he's trying to talk a woman into getting an abortion. Yeah. So and you that, have and that. And you talk about an icky moment in a yeah. movie to lead off your yeah. movie. Well, again, I think the movie goes out of its way to establish that if you are doing bad things, bad things happen to you. So you go from him and you go to the man who comes into the bar and we see him take his wedding ring off. So okay. now we know he's going to commit adultery. Okay. And then you have the gay man who is struggling with his sexuality. And, you know, I think the film is saying that homosexuality is wrong. And, you know, even when she finally pulls him to her room, they have, um, you know, tactfully, as I can say, gay sex because she, you know, is doing something with him. Yeah. And and then he is punished. Yeah. So. But then where does Kadeem Hardison? Because she comes on to Kadeem Well, Hardison. Well, Kadeem Hardison left, um, left um, the seminary to move up north and become an actor. an actor. So, you know, all of that is kind of running through this thing. And, you know, remember, this is a year before Magic Johnson went public with his HIV status. So, you know, I mean, Lynn, you were there. It was it was a little crazy with AIDS in the early 90s. So I think you're giving this movie a little bit. Too I am not giving it. If you look at this and, you know, a lot of those early 90s horror movies, there's this AIDS subplot running through it. So, you know, it's there. Name one. Um, The um 
interview with the vampire stuff, I would argue that there's an aspect of an American werewolf in London. Um, trying to think of some cat people. Um, cat people, I, I can. Um, let me. I'm talking about when okay, you, I, I see you, you know going. you're infected. But I and think you're giving James Bond the third. I think James. A little bit too much. I credit. think there is a very specific type of black moralizing going on in this film. You think because, it, but in a in a script that is so amateur as this is, yes, I think that if that if. Let's say that's what he's trying to do. Okay. And he's not, at least by virtue of what we're hearing, talented enough to have that in... I don't think he's talented enough that that's the, the subtext of what's going on. I think that there would be a little... I think it w- he would be a little bit more on the nose, and I don't he, see that. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if he's necessarily doing it on purpose. Like I said, you're giving him too much. Credit. Oh no, 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 no! No, I said it's there. I didn't say he necessarily was purposefully doing it. Although you know, I'm a big proponent of if you see something in a film to grant the artist the respect to say that they did it on purpose. Okay. But I'm not going to argue that that hard with James Bond the third. Okay, but it's definitely there. All this stuff about like there's actually a line that she says to the married man that where she says to him. I've given you something that there's no cure for like, like it's, and you're going to take it home to your wife. Mm. So you've got that whole thing running through that, which again, okay, that's, that's a good, that's it's a good. interesting. You know, if you watch there, the other thing, <laughs> when you talk, you, can ab- see his face. you know, it's interesting. <laughs> the other thing you talk about it being made on this shoestring budget, I know I saw this in the movies because this like this is one of those moments you had a couple of these directors that kind of got their films funded and produced and made because the spikeliness had washed over them. So I think a lot of studios were just yeah. looking for young black directors. Yeah. And they said, well, we're going to give you some money, make this movie. Let's see if we can do some spikely stuff. And I, I know I'm always spikely, but this whole film, I think he cast the film out of Spike Lee's apartment like every single player in this film except for Cynthia Bond and many Gentry are Spike Lee alums including James Bond the third because he was in school days and including Ernest Dickerson include uh, yes the cinematographer. Ernest Dickerson is the cinematographer you've got Kateem Hartson you've got John Cannon Terrell who we just said is from um She's got to have it. Um, you, you know, Kadeem Hartson, Bill Nunn, and um, James Bond III actually play friends in school days. So, you know, that kind of made me chuckle. Is it a good film? Not at all. Is it a good horror film? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not, and it's not even, okay, it doesn't work on the horror level. No. It's not scary. So is it a and you know you've got the whole succubus thing so is it a sexual thriller not at all yeah not that sexy not sexy one bit like i say cynthia bond is not bad looking but she's not like she doesn't come off as sexy in this no, movie no no at all no um and then okay 
Is it a movie that you can watch and have a couple of laughs off of? No, because it's not funny. It's not funny. Although Kadeem Hardison is having a ball. Kadeem Hardison, Kadeem Hardison is like he's. I don't know if he's having a ball. He's he's doing what he's got to do. Right. I think I think near the end he's like you know hey, I gotta <laughs> I gotta get back to the set y'all. Right, so right, right. Uh, of something else. Let's hurry. Let's hurry to yeah. Let's keep it moving. One take. One take, one take. Kadeem, that's my name. Let's yeah. Keep it moving. Man. Yeah. I ain't got time for this dumb stuff, man. Um. But again, and then. The whole religious thing. I'm and, telling you. You know, he's going, he's not going to seminary school to become a priest. <laughs> he's going to seminary school to become a world A world famous minister. Minister. And that's, and that's the phraseology that they use. Four times. He's this. going to be a world renowned minister. And I was sitting there wondering, what is, like, what's the interview process for world renowned minister? <laughs> like, I didn't even know you could apply for something like that. Exactly. I mean, are you interviewed at the United Nations? Right, right. Or the world-renowned Minister Corporation, where apparently they just sort of, you know, wheel you out. It, look, hey, man. But but again, he is really, like, the the bad part of this movie. Like, his acting is very it very strange it is a conundrum i don't know what he was trying well to do. he's a weird he has a weird energy to him he does like even in school days where he plays um and i forget the character's name and then i, I but he's like their little nerdy geeky friend right, right, right. but there's this offness to him yeah that i think carries through but in school days it just comes across as kind of one of the guys like you know it's right, like the Cosby the kids and they're all tucked in the car exactly. and and you know but in this where he is in many ways the leading man mm-hmm. he can't carry it no at all at all so you know yeah, it's, it's just a it's just a very weird vibe that he's got going on I don't know what he's doing I don't know what Cynthia Bond is doing I don't know and the mini Gentry I know you're saying she's a fabulous character actress this is my first time seeing her oh no it's not it absolutely isn't. Well, she's been in. She's been in four thousand movies. She's been in four thousand. Four thousand, and she plays this character, old religious black lady. She's been in four thousand movies, playing old religious black lady. Minnie Gentry. Let's see, Minnie Gentry. I'm gonna look her up her. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like this. She has some kids. She has a sister. It's somebody in her life that she praying to Jesus to take care of. Cause she old and she religious and she's scared about stuff. Hmm. Well, she in 1990 she was on an episode of the Cosby Show. She played Aunt Gramsci. I do remember that. She and then that's actually not the role she played. She was actually real cool on the Cosby Show. And she's she was in the Brother from Another Planet, Mrs. Brown. I don't remember. I don't her. remember her in that. I don't remember her in that. She was in Grease Lightning. She yes. Was, uh, oh, she was one of the bus women in Claudine. Okay. She's in Black Caesar. Yeah, yeah. Back Charleston Blue. Yeah. Um, and she's been old for for eighty years. She's been old for a minute because, uh, matter of fact, in nineteen ninety two, in the movie Bad Lieutenant, she was cast as elderly woman. Yes. So, uh, and then she uh, she passed away in nineteen ninety. Right. She 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 loved Jesus. 
and she real concerned about things. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Oh, please take care of fill in the blank. And there, whatever the hot uh, issue was of the moment. Okay. So, you know. All right. Well, this is my first time seeing her, and um, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the movie, and I know, like I said, I know I saw this in the movies because this is during that moment where, like, you just see all the black movies. Yeah. Like I bet you saw it in the movies. You just don't remember it. No, I I can tell you categorically that I did not see this in the movies because I even at that time would not waste my money. If the movie looked bad, and this did not look like a right, movie. right, 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 right. It looked very low budget, but again, I think yeah. kind of post Spike Lee, people thought, you know, is this real DIY ness going on, and people were just making movies. And it was kind of cool that Dwayne was in the movie. Right, but I had him on TV. Before. Right, right, right. So I was good. Yeah. So you know, and um, and if I had went to see this in a movie and I would have saw John Canada Terrell in there, I would have walked out. No, no, my brother. You got to get your own. I'm almost positive that that wasn't one of the commercials for this movie. Because it was very confusing to me. It's a lot of confusion in uh, Death by Temptation. Um, and it's a black harm. So so how do you feel about the horror aspect? Well, we just said it's not scary. It's not suspenseful. And um, I think, I don't, I don't know... At the end of this month, and by by no means are we going to have seen them all, but by the end of this month, I think I want to know whether or not uh, I want to answer this question. Okay. Has there been a good black horror movie? I contend that there has not. I think Candyman is amazing. Yeah, Candyman. Can, well, see, I've watched Candyman. I've seen Candyman. You again. need to stop saying that name over and over again now. Like, I think you did too real quick in succession. In that movie, that movie, remembering it when I saw it, it was uh, a very good movie. And I, it probably is a black film. I don't know if I 100% consider it a black film. Black culture is is is, is, sort, it, yeah. is sort of the foundation of it. Yeah, it takes place at Capri and Green. Yeah. Everything like that. Yeah. And so, it's, okay. super, it's folklore and it's, you know. Okay. You know, he was a, he was a murdered slave. I mean, it's, it's I, yeah, okay. Candyman's a little black. All right. Yeah. Well. I would also fight for Scream Blackula Scream. Okay. See now you see you won, and then you tripped. No, because yeah, right. Scream Blackula Scream is not a good movie. It's not a good movie. I like Scream Black Blackula Scream. Yes, but you like a lot of weird. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. All right, so we're all right. So okay, okay. I'll okay, I'll, so I'll, I'll stick. Last, I'll stick with Candyman. All right. Outside of Candyman, I want to know: Is there another good black horror movie? And you know, I argue that Night of the Living Dead is a black movie. Because of the well, because of the the ending retroactively makes it a black movie. <laughs> we won't spoil the ending of that eighty-year-old movie for you, um, but I've I've heard that argument. Yeah. before I've heard that argument before. All right, <laughs> what we know is not a good movie is Death by Tation, Death by Temptation. So you would say people shouldn't see it? No. Not at all. No, you should not see this. You should not see this at, at all. If you see it on, because you know they're going to be uh, trying it out all the horror movies 
now this is available if you're an amazon prime customer it's available for free on amazon prime so if you see it in your feed please for the love Wait, of god is it free i thought it was three dollars no it's free you pay yeah and i have more amazon prime they got you dog Dang. Maybe you didn't. Maybe yeah. your renewal didn't go through. It was free. <laughs> um, I was not paying for this thing. Yeah. Uh, so if you see this in your feed on Amazon Prime, please divert your eyes, reach for the remote, and quickly scan to the next movie. Like, don't even look at the at the little like advertisement. Don't do it to yourself. I'm gonna say if you're interested. In the feeling of AIDS during this moment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So if you're interested, if you're interested, if if you're interested, always say that you had to live through AIDS and crack. Okay. Like if you weren't there, it's hard to explain what it felt like. And I think again, this sort of. You think this movie is an accurate? Well, it's it's as as messed up as AIDS would be. I think the sort of strident moralizing that is in this film Mm -hmm. about sinners, Mm. because again, you know, once is a huh, two is a coincidence, three is a pattern. Again and again in this film, people are punished for very specific crimes Mm. that go against a very specific type of morality. And it was very much a sentiment. I mean, again, we're, both of us are old enough. We were there. We're like people would say out loud in front of other people that AIDS was a punishment from God. Right. And I think that permeates this film. Again, that sort of sensibility that you all are sinning. And this is a punishment. The temptress is a punishment against what you all are doing. And again, I think it is important that this film, being a black film, that this black film was made before Magic Johnson told everybody he was HIV positive. Because, you know, that's when the real shift started. Where, you know. But I think it's a lot of people said a lot of things in the late 80s, early 90s that were reprehensible. And they could say them out loud. And I think this film reflects that. So. That's my little argument for it. That's your argument. That's 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 the one that's the one bit that I can defend this film. And like I said, I'm kind of interested in like I'm interested in pre AIDS understanding films, and I'm interested in pre nine eleven films because they do like like you can get a real sense of that time from these films and I think um, while Death by Temptation is by no means a good film I think this is a snapshot of a type of again morality and and ethical system mm-hmm. that a lot of people and frankly a lot of black people had about you know again morality and, and sexual morality spe- uh, specifically so but it's not a good movie it's not a good movie, and I will I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that if you want to see a, a interesting movie that maybe speaks a little bit of, about what you're saying, not maybe not so much on the nose as far as the whole the uh, AIDS aspect, but about um, a horror film. It's not a black horror film that 
kind of plays around with the whole um, sexual promiscuity mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, part of what you find in a lot of horror movies. There was a movie from t- 2015. I wanted to find the find the list, and a Rolling Stone, surprisingly, uh, unsurprisingly to me, but. Uh, rated it as the number one horror film of 2015 and it is a very good movie it's called it follows yeah yeah no well you know I, again i'm I, we, we talked about it last week like i'm actually the stereotype like i don't play with demons and ghosts and like like i'm you know y'all play too much with the devil yeah. like you know i have roommates won't be playing not roommates but classmates in like high school and in middle school you know you had a sleepover oh, we should pull out a ouija board why are we pulling out a ouija board what purpose are you pulling out a Ouija board? Because it's fun. Consorting with the devil is fun. Where's your mother? I need to call Where's my parents and come get me. Uh, I, I I asked you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I heard it was very good. I invite you to check out It Follows by David Robert Mitchell. Uh, it's a movie. Uh, it's about basically, you know, kids. It's, it's, it's almost kind of like has like the slasher film like set up. You know, right, right, like, right. Kids in this, like this neighborhood and everything like that. But they're they're passing around kind of like this weird infection mm-hmm. having like sex yeah. with one another. But it is really, as crazy as that sounds, it's actually a very good movie and a very a very powerful film um, and scary. Okay. And scary. It follows. Check that out. Um, go see that. Don't go see death. Don't by go see death. By I know. Listen, I know all of you, all of our missionaries out there. I know you all tolerate Lynn so that you can listen to Vince. <laughs> listen, listen don't to me. Know if that's don't, accurate. Don't don't listen to Vince on this one. All right. Don't go see no death. By I, look, I told you. Uh, look, for all of you out there that actually, you know, like the one or two of you, like you know, that actually care about what I say, I, I'm telling you. Don't go see Death by Temptation. See yourself. It'll be interesting at the end of the month to talk about these black horror films in totality. Are we going to talk about this movie again? I mean, we. I mean, it's it's part of. We really don't have to. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Tales from the Hood. We'll talk about kinda, Tales from the Hood, which is kind of you know, yes. at this moment as well. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Tales from the Hood is a better movie. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I don't think that's controversial at all. So, all right, there you go. All right, so there you go, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, that's it. Um, don't forget, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that's a nice week with, with the guys from the Michelle Mission, there's more. Go back to wherever you get your podcast, and you will see that the we have two shows this week. That's right, two shows. We actually did a review of 2016 Queen of Catway. That will also be available for you in your podcast feed on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on the Black Trolls Podcast Network. So you're going to have two Michelle missions this week. All right. All right. And next week, we will continue on with this fun fest of horror films. (laughs) All right. But for now, he's Vince. I'm Len. And parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.